Welcome to Edelman Editions. Over the next 30 minutes, Ruth Warder, co-CEO of Edelman UK and Amir Brandchair, and Matthias and Stefan Rongi, Edelman's Amir Chief Creative Officers, are joined by Alex Jenkins, Editorial Director at Contagious Magazine, to dig into how 2020 was different for creativity and the industry more broadly, and what the future of creative campaigns and trends looks like. They'll also take a look at Contagious Magazine's top pioneers list, what it takes to make it, and the type of work coming from agencies that really stands out. Over to you, Ruth. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to come to you first. Give us a quick rundown of what the Pioneers list is. Like top line, basically we look at a whole bunch of you know, creative campaigns and work throughout the course of the year. Uh, we, we only write up like a very, very small amount of it. Um, so I to put that in some sort of perspective, like I guess every year roughly like Can Lion features like, I think it has like about 40,000 things submitted to it. In the same time period, like in a year, we maybe write up about like 500 things, tiny, tiny percentage. Um, uh, but of that, the last time I crunched the numbers, something around about like 85, 90% of everything that went on to win gold at Cannes, we'd already written. So we don't do a lot, but we got a really good filter. So the pioneers list is kind of the cream of the cream in a way. So the pioneers list is based on the agencies that have done the most work uh, that we have featured on Contagious um, over that year. So it's it really is like a, a super rarefied list. And, and Alex, that's how you get on the list, by being um, an agency who's doing what Contagious considers to be the sort of cream of, the cre- of, of creative work globally. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, it, there's, there's a whole load of different reasons why we choose stuff. Um, but fundamentally, like, you know, Contagious exists to try and you know, our, our official mission statement, inspire and enable contagious creativity. We want to make people want to do great work and then help them do it. Um, and so what we choose to go on contagious is very much sort of a, a philosophy of, you know, be the best by learning from the best. So we only want to feature the very best stuff. And so there's a whole lot of like different reasons why we might feature things, but underpinning all of it is is there something here that other people can learn from it? Is there something really smart that, you know, about the use of a platform or, you know, the use of technology or a really interesting new strategy, a new way of connecting with, you know, a certain demographic? So a whole lot of sub-questions, but the fundamental is, can other brands learn from this, basically? And you just talk there about the, about the best and the best of the best. You know, what type of agency for you really stands out? To be interesting, so we've been doing the Pioneers list for a couple of years. Um, the interesting thing, I guess, is that there is no one type of agency. Um, we've seen like you know small independents. We've seen like the really massive um, you know sort of you know sort of uh, groups uh, get on there. The, it's not the type of agency. What it seems to be is a little bit more behind the scenes. It's the people, and there's a sort of a there tends to be a focus and a commitment on getting stuff and everyone will talk about yeah we want to do great work but there's some people who really really want to do great work and some people like yeah it'd be nice to do great work but if the client doesn't want it i'll just do any old work and that's that's the difference (laughs) well that segues beautifully onto the question i wanted to come to next about really really great work and you know we are super proud to make um to make the list this year um and I guess to your point, it's it's a testament to the commitment that we've got to the work. And 
and um, Matthias uh, and Stefan have actually been on the list twice with two different offices. Um, and I guess I guess I wanted to come to Matthias next, you know, with with that kind of um, achievement in mind to say, you know, to Alex's point about people, what is the secret to building great creative teams in, in your view? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really good question. Um, every every creative leader would say, I think, that the secret is to focus on the work, just as Alex said, and we do that too. But we also are super obsessed uh, on the why, you know, because to know why you do work, why that matters to the audience, will give you an earned dimension. And earned creative is what we are sort of all about. So I would say focusing on the why, when lots of traditional agencies still focus so much on the what, or like Alex said, just, you know, any old work, they need to churn stuff out, is what I think is giving us an, an advantage. When you build a creative team, I think the most important thing you can do is to build trust for your project. No matter what project that is, you have to have so much trust in that project to get the most out of every person that work for you and you need to get the most out of every person that work in your team because otherwise you will actually not get into contagious we we have tried sometimes when we just put in 90 percent or 95 and yeah they just turned us down then you know so Building that trust for your project is so important. And it can't just be about making money and win an occasional award. It really needs to be bigger than that. Especially when communication, I think, and I think Alex would agree, what we see in Contagious and everywhere is that, you know, great ideas can, can bring so much change to the world. Um, and, you know, if you work in communication, you want to be part of that change. You don't want to be stuck doing car ads that no one will see. You want to you want to be in on it. So yeah, I think that is it. That people who can people who believe can change anything. And I think that is what we did in Stockholm and that is what we're now doing in UK. Mateus, you hit on a really um I think important theme for the last year, particularly around disruption and change. Um you know, I don't think there's anybody who's been doing any work with any teams who will be saying that, you know, 2020 and you know, the first half of 21 was in any way, you know, a, not a challenging environment to work in. I'm interested, Alex, from your point of view, um, you know, have you seen a change in the pace or quality of the work, you know, given, given, the, given all the disruption over the last year? Have you got any reflections on almost what, what change 2020 brought in terms of the work? Yeah, I mean, you you could see these huge trends, like which came quite quickly and sort of came in waves. So you'd get this, you know, this would be we're all in this together wave. Then the ah, oh, we all need to make hand sanitizer, and you know, oh, we, we're all pivoting to digital because the physical world basically doesn't exist uh, for most of us. Um, I mean, I think that the one <laughs> taking a less kind of you know literal view of it, I think the one thing that stood out for me. Um, Above sort of anything else was uh, was a word I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make sure I'm very clear on was purpose um, and I don't mean like purposeful marketing stuff it was just you know why you exist kind of thing you know it was um, 2020 basically asked two questions of business like why do you exist and what the hell are you gonna do about everything that's going on around you I think the companies that 
knew their purpose. Like we know why we exist. We know what we're here to do. They reacted really quickly um, and really decisively. And the ones that just weren't sure, they were just left playing catch up and kind of looking to everyone else like, well, what are they doing? Alex, I'm so pleased that you drew the distinction between purpose and purposeful marketing. <laughs> Phew. Um, yeah, massive few. Um, because I think you're it's it's very interesting to see the the that the real need for people to understand, you know, from businesses and brands, you know, what their purpose is to be able to understand almost that why. Um I'm gonna come to I'm gonna come to Stefan on this question actually. Um you know your your point about the big theme around purpose um how important um from an earned creative point of view is it to co- is is it that that work comes from a purposeful or a purpose driven space um or, or clearly understanding in that question that we're not talking about purposeful marketing yeah Ruth I think the Swedish short answer is it's very very important but if i if I, if I can answer a bit longer I think purpose it's often thought to be something that is by nature societal and disconnected from the commercial side of the business. But in fact, true purpose is the root or beating heart of a brand, and it can definitely translate into commercial space, right? So take, for instance, Buy Back Friday. It's a deeply purposeful idea, but it's also having stronger and more long-term bond to IKEA as a customer and bringing people to the stores. And same thing, with the eternal run campaign that we launched for ASICS, where we arranged the first race without the finish line. It's basically a shoe demo showing off the tech in the shoe, but it's also connected to ASICS core purpose, which is sound mind in a sound body. And I believe like when, when sort of brands uh, miss the target or agencies miss the target on purpose, it's often just on the fact that they're trying to say something that is not rooted in what the brand actually is about. Well, I think just to chip in on your answer, I think people people see that. You know, they sort of they totally get it. Oh, I can see why that brand would do that. And then occasionally you just see a brand pick up on some random cause. It's like, well yeah, I mean, good, yeah, thanks for the help, but why are you here? What why are you in the room? Kind of thing. Right. And it's all down to what role that brands and businesses are trying to play, right? Beyond what they sell. I think there's a very interesting move um, that we've seen over the last year or so about the real need for brands to express that a bit more. Alex, are there any brands that you think have been doing that particularly well? I think that there's a couple of obvious ones. I think anyone, so like you look at Patagonia, and you're like, yep, like every single, like with every single heartbeat, every action they do go straight back to to their purpose a little bit similar like uh something like ben and jerry's um again like which very different company they're just fmcg you know ice cream but so clear and unambiguous about the statements that they put out into the world you know there's no like oh we we sort of support black lives matter it's just defund the police end white supremacy um i mean i think the that the less kind of societal driven ones um less sort of obvious do-gooding ones i think are also you know in, in a way more interesting so um like pedigree dog food i think is just like great at this they have such a clear purpose about why they exist and they have stuck to it and they communicate it you know it, it's it used to be the post used to be i think everything we do is for the love of dogs they've shifted it they've sort of evolved it to feed the good but it's just like they can have fun with it you know they do some really really fun creative cons but then they'll also do like really serious stuff like dog adoption they're one of the world's biggest supporters of veterinary science for dogs 
every like the way the company behaves, the way they talk, you just see it like through 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 the whole thing. Yeah, and that and that authenticity is really important, is it? Isn't it both in what they believe and also the product that they create off the back of that is driven by you know what they believe their role to be um, and their relationship with with pets and animals. Um, I want to come um, just just um, to 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 change it up a bit actually um, to just talk a little bit about the role of technology and creativity because I think Alex, you talked about how much we've seen some advances in that over the last the last year particularly and 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 you know invention it was kind of necessary invention right um so so Stefan and Matthias you're both known for doing lots of innovative tech in your in in your creative creative process and creative work um how, how important do do you I'll come to you first Stefan think um uh, tech is for creativity well I mean to us really strong creative is often solutionary in its nature right so open for people to be a part of and today tech makes you know anything anything possible and i mean as we speak right now on this call and this is not me pitching alex or contagious but we're showing the power of the cameras in samsung phones by letting people be virtual rangers protecting wildlife against poaching and right now more than 23000 people from 120 countries have spent plus 8000 hours on patrol in less than a week. So for me, projects like these are, you know, they make the old traditional one-way broadcast model of advertising feel like, you know, doodlings on the, an old uh, wall, prehistoric wall, or like it, it feels like a Neanderthal version of what advertising or pumps can be. Um, Alex, I'm going to come to you on this topic slightly um, because you, you talked about in, at the upfront in, about the importance of learning. Um, and 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 the importance of of, um, of that being a role that you know that, that, that contagious um, plays in helping people learn. How important do you think technology is in in, in innovation and new ideas? Um, yeah, I mean, like absolutely central to it. I think the like taking a little bit of a longer view back. You know, I think we in the past we've seen a bit of you know the technology was the idea almost like in in a very basic. Hey, look, I'm using virtual reality. And that's it. Not for any great use. It's just like the, the angle is simply that we're using it. Um, and we've got to a much more evolved state. And I think what was what was interesting about 2020 um, was that, you know, it forced everyone to kind of pivot to digital. God, that's a horrible phrase. But, you know, pivot to digital. There we go. And it reminds me a lot of that kind of web 1.0, that kind of, you know, the phrase skewomorphic design. Like the, um, it's like you have a magazine, but it's online, but it looks like a magazine, and the page virtually turns over, and you know, the Apple bookstore looks like a bookshop. And it was a lot of let's just lit take what we do and do the most literal version of it online rather than look at the almost limitless opportunity and power of technology. Now, how could we deliver on that? How could we manifest what we're all about and deliver something that we could never do offline? Um, and it felt like so 2020 hopefully forced a few people to think a bit more limitless, a little little less web 1.0. Matthias, I want to bring you into this um, this discussion on technology. Yeah, I mean, I think technology is such a is such a hard hard word because you know you think about cables and modems and stuff, but for us, technology is actually what allows us to be more human, right? So. Whatever we do, we think about how can we use tech 
to make this campaign feel more human, more inviting, uh, something that people can participate in. And I think when you look at technology from that perspective, then suddenly, at your point, Alex, it's not about the platforms anymore. It's about how can you dial up that emotion that we want to get across. And it's a very interesting point um, around participation and, you know, coming from the um, sort of PR heritage, the role of participation is always quite important in the way that we think about ideas and the way that we think about, you know, engaging the audiences we want to reach. Um, but Edelman's the only non-ad agency on the, on the contagious list. Um, you know, the PR industry has talked for a long time about boosting creative chops, big investments from us and other businesses. Um, you know, why are we still, you know, why is the PR industry in a sense still lagging behind its brothers and sisters in, in, in the creative world, do you think, Mateus? Well, actually, um, we spoke with um, Judy, our boss, um, just, last, just last night, and we talked a little bit about this, and she believes, which I totally agree in, that PR is sort of in a creative trajectory upwards, while uh, lots of traditional ad agencies, uh, due to failed media or ad fatigue and stuff, they are sort of on a creative spiral downwards. So what, what we are seeing is that, sure, we are struggling actually with some of the easy things. You know, we're struggling with structure and processes. <laughs> And resource management, stuff like that, that, you know, like creative agencies that had like five decades, you know, on us in getting all those things right. So we struggle with some of the easy things. While I think that lots of big uh, networks, they actually struggle with the big things, you know, like why, why am I working with what I'm working with if, if everyone seems to hate me, you know, if everyone seems to opt out? You know, what, why do I do this? So I think, I think that what we are starting to see is, is PR getting it right. That is why we got on the list. And that is why I think we will see more PR agencies on the list. Another thing that's important is that we believe that we can buy us to success, PR and ad alike. So we think that if we just get ad people into our, into our agency, everything will be good. But, you know, an agency is like the inside of a human body, right? So all the organs you have in a human body, they have to work together. If they don't work together, uh, you will end up getting sick, right? If you, if you take in a new organ in your body and they don't work together, it will just be, it will just be pushed out. I've seen that happen with, you know, PR people I know who start in ad agencies. You can speak with creative people who have come into Edelman and they have probably felt the same. You know, so it's all about integrating all these parts to create something new, not just try to buy what you think that you're missing and think that that will solve stuff. Um, Alex, I'm really curious to get your view on, on, on the same question, actually. You know, where do you think, um, you know, where do you think PR agencies or agencies with PR heritage, where do you think they're at in terms of creative primacy? I mean, I, I do agree with Matthias and his point of view on this. And I think that. Um, you know, we're, we're, I guess, kind of always surprised that we don't see more PR agencies on the list because I mean, we don't, when, we're, when we look at work, we don't care who did it. I don't care, like, what type of agency came up with it and who made it. You know, we take a very sort of, you know, humanistic consumer 
God help me, view of it. It's like, because the, the person on the receiving end of the message, they don't care. They don't care like if this ad was made by a big network or a small independent or a PR agency. It, it's either good or it's not. It either engages with people or it's not. It either, you know, you know, achieves fame and earns, you know, buzz and gets coverage or it doesn't. Um, and I think, you know, to sort of Matthias's point about, you know, the five decades on the PR industry, I think the gift that the ad industry had in a way was was Bill Burnback and his, um, you know, the, the, the agency team, you know, the copywriter, the art director. It was, a, you know, a, a team set up to produce a certain type of work that, you know, arguably may have gone a little bit past its sell-by date. And, you know, you speak to, you know, I'm, I interviewed uh, Nick Law, used to, you know, RGA publicist recently gone to Apple. And he was very clear. He's like, I'm sort of leaving agency land. I'm going off to be VP of marketing at Apple. But he talked a lot about this thing of like, there's too much these burn back teams. They're just not fit for purpose in Adland. And it feels like, the PR industry is kind of finding out what their equivalent of the 21st century burnback team looks like to get good creative and to get the what organs do we need in our body to use the same metaphor. It's really it's a really interesting point. What why in your view isn't isn't that sort of moving or evolving as quickly as possibly consumers or people you know people's ideas and what they want to see is moving? I think I mean I, I'm. This is a guess. It's my best guess. Okay. I think um, two things. One is probably like speed of change. Um, you know, the the real world outside of the working world is probably moving a bit faster than the office. And it, you can weirdly find yourself in a situation where, you know, as a consumer, I would have no truck with this campaign. I would be bored witless if I saw this campaign. But inside the office, I'm going to sign it off. Um, and, you know, so this kind of weird kind of, you know, bipolarization of thinking of, well, I wouldn't want it, but hey, I'll throw money at it anyway. And I think the other thing, what's, you know, being quite blunt about it, there tends to be just uh, a little bit of resistance to change. I'd say a little bit, probably a lot of resistance to change. A lot of, well, that's not the world I knew. It's not the world I trained in. I've been in this business for decades. And the people who are probably talking about change look at, pretty young and upstarty, and if I'm totally honest with myself, in those dark moments of the night, threatening to me, and I don't like it. So I will dig my heels in and go, no, what we did, but <laughs> but probably somehow cheaper. Let's throw less money at it. Yeah, let's throw less money at it and some questionable data and see where we get to. Um, so I've got one question I'd love to ask all three of you, um, uh, if you'll grant me that wish. Um, what is the main challenge for brand creativity today? And and for Stefan and Mateus, how do you tackle that? And for and for Alex, kind of how do you see, you know, how do you see that challenge being met? So Stefan, I'll, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I think the whole thing, the self self obsession for both. PR, the PR industry and the ad industry is really unhealthy. So I think <laughs> I think there needs to be an obsession in culture, in science, in technology, in everything that is happening outside of advertising. So we keep telling everyone in our teams that if he, we don't even want people to send around sort of work that other agencies have done, we're super happy when we're not, not contagious. But I think where we can learn is from 
you know, uh, nature or from from something out, a new review on science or or from something, you know, DARPA is doing. <laughs> because that might lead to new ideas and not to replication of, of advertising. So I think it's a shift from a very sort of self-introspective culture in an industry to becoming much more obsessed with the outside world. Matthias, I'll come to you. I'll come to you on that. Yeah, I think I think the the main challenge um, for brands is to get people to care to care enough about your brand that they will get to know it and and sort of good things you do. When we look at successful brands, we sometimes forget that they've been around for decades. So they were actually built in a time when advertising was working, when linear TV was a thing, when you were trapped in front of emotional advertising and you couldn't get out of it, you know? So, you know, now I think that brands need to build real trust by doing real things instead, meaningful things. And, you know, what's interesting, and to Alex's earlier point, is that, yeah, you see that with Patagonia and you see that with some good examples, but all successful brands, and I'm not talking about communication-wise successful, but all successful brands have a deep audience truth at their core. But what's really interesting is that that core is, has actually been forgotten by themselves. You know? They have forgotten why they started up in the first place. And I think our mission is to remind the brands on why they are here. You know, And when we do that, and when we succeed in doing that, you can see that these brands, they start to look at their own places of work in a different way, with more, with more pride, with more, with more dignity, with more energy, you know. So the the main challenge is to get back to this core and and start to express that core in in really memorable and impactful ways. And it has nothing, 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 nothing to do with purpose, but but about being meaningful. And if you're not meaningful today, people will just not see you. I mean, I I can't agree more that the number of stories we write that are basically the brand had lost its way or rather you know sales were declining customers were going somewhere else and when we looked at it it turns out the brand had lost its way and then we and literally it's like it's the same thing it's like we went back to the founder and asked why did they found it so oh it turns out you know sort of a few years ago like volvo lost its way and went ah but you know we were trying to premiumize then we realized no we were here to be the safest car in the world and then we you know, and I'm not kidding, like so many stories. I cannot emphasize enough how many of people lost their way and then eventually went all the way around back to, but why are we here? Why, why are we founded? And I think to, to answer the question about you know, what I think is the main challenge for brand creativity today, I, I'm going to take a bit more of an internal focus on it. I think there's a whole lot of um, it, it, it kind of usual suspects, like budget cutting, a lot of short-termism, like driven probably by a lot of like short-term like the easy data monitoring um of like a sales going up now a sales going out like how many likes on that not taking a long-term view obviously you know and i feel like i'm just playing buzzword bingo but like the media fragmentation you just can't afford like no one can afford to buy attention and the way they used to you know in years gone by it's so fragmented like you have to like earned your media has to be part of it it's got to be absolutely fundamental if you want to have that impact all of this stuff, it kind of, in a way, it doesn't matter what, what thing you, you, you name. It all is going to come back to people. 
like a couple of years ago, we interviewed um, Dan Ariely, you know, the behavior economist, uh, uh, author of Predictably Irrational, all that sort of stuff. And he made a really interesting, we literally asked him, like, what's the biggest challenge facing brands and businesses? And he said, it, it's always people, because whatever the challenge is, comes back to people. If, like, if, it's, um, if your problem is like media fragmentation, someone has to sort that out. It's going to be a person. You need someone motivated to sort that out. If your work isn't creative enough, it's going to come back to a person. Why is that? Like, whose responsibility is that? Which person needs to be more motivated, needs to have their goals realigned? needs to whatever it is you've got to get you know again like the right organs in the body playing well with each other and all you know the body walking in the right direction you know i'll ask you all again but this time i'll start with you alex what what advice would you give um you've just like got to refuse to compromise it's a hum it's a human thing like the number of like the pioneers list is easy. Uh, sorry, easy. It's interesting because what we also look at is not just who's doing good work. We also look across your range of clients. We say who is doing it consistently because there was one agency uh, a couple of years ago not, got knocked out of the list because they were doing insanely good work. So much good work, like month after month after month, but all for the same client. And it didn't spread across the roster. And just like kind of anyone can do good work for an easy client if you've got to have the commitment to go i've really got to convince these other people that this is the right thing for them to do um you've got to have that commitment to when like we're not just going to do good work we're going to actually do work we're going to get it out of the door we're not just going to get delayed and sidelined and pushed back and you've just got to keep that standard like yeah it's like good enough isn't good enough it's got to be great there's you know especially I think in the PR world and there's so many better alternatives to anything than an ad you know it's like I can just pick up my phone and I can watch TikTok I can watch Netflix I can just check messages there's always something that I have chosen to, to opt into if you want me to look at your thing that I have not chosen to find out about at all it's really competing with exceptionally high standards yeah I mean I'm into that. And I think Matthias talked about the, the importance of the why before. So I think we, we don't, that's the way we craft ideas, right? So we don't even, it's not like, oh, it's going to be this script and it's going to be beautiful because X, Y, Z or the product value, uh, the, the production value, et cetera. But in the get, in the get go, we need a why behind every idea we craft. And then that lends itself to looking at stuff like business development. And I think what's interesting with Contagious is that they've always looked in, stuff that connects to the inside of the business in some way whether it be you know a, a really clever way to tie in e to e-commerce or anything else so i think that's another thing where you don't have to see it that you're just telling a story but you can actually intertwine it with with the, the product or the service that the brand are providing and if you add creativity to that that can become super exciting and something that is long term um you know that is a solution rather than just like a one-off uh, campaign uh, and that that type of things excite me. So, for instance, the Buyback Friday thing excites me because it's at the root of the company and it's a true solution that they're bringing to to the full company. Um, so, I think those are are the type of things that probably will end up you know, at contagious if you do a good job on the craft on all of the things that you need to do to to have a great um, campaign or project. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes sometimes we forget the advices that we give to to brands ourselves i think 
I think for me, it's, it's also about finding that higher order as an agency. If you're supposed to do great work any given gloomy Wednesday for, for a variety of clients, you know, platform agnostic, with new people coming in, with freelancers, everyone needs to work like with one set goal. You need to have the planners on board. You need to have the product managers on board. You need to have the account leads on board. Everyone needs to rally together. For that, you can't treat every new brief um, as only a new brief. You need to have a higher order. You need to believe in something more than that particular project. And everyone will, in that case, go in with the mindset that will be needed to actually come out with some greatness, no matter if it's like a small B2B thing or if it's like a big campaign for, for a famous brand. And I think that higher order is um, what is problematic for some agencies because they have stopped believing in, in what they do and they see that they are actually most successful when they are doing what what their business is not built on, you know? So it's more like, oh, every every 20th campaign is the best you can ever think of, but the other 19 is just random. You know? So I think that higher order needs to be there if you want to be in contagious list. I think I think we have you know that higher order at, at Edelman um both in UK and globally. So hopefully Hopefully next year we see ourselves on that list again, and maybe even some other offices. Who knows? Um, Alex, I'm gonna um, just gonna come to you for the final um, for the final wrap question. What are you seeing? You know, obviously contagious. You get to see an enormous amount of work across the industry, different types, big small agencies, different types of agencies. Are you seeing any themes, any interesting sort of emerging themes for 2021, 22? What, what, what's hot right now? Or what's going to be hot? What's not even hot right now? What's lukewarm? What's lukewarm going to get boiling? <laughs> what's stone cold but about to go in the oven? Um, I mean, it's to be to be honest, like, like hard to say because 2020 was such a reactionary year. Like everyone, like basically everyone got punched in the face and everyone like, had to had to react and work out what to do yeah um yeah we 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 had a joke in the office like do you want to get punched now or a time when it would be less convenient for you um and uh i don't know i'm gonna go i guess i'm gonna come back to my uh my earlier answer which i I, i'm kind of interested to see like the evolution of the digital stuff a little bit because it felt like last year when everyone was forced onto um digital whether they wanted it or not I think it was a real eye opener for some people that actually, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of case studies coming up for people like, and we actually did not just better than we expected, but better than we would have done if we'd actually done it in kind of in the analog world a little bit. Um, so I really want to see people fully get to grips with like the actual creative potential of technology, um, not just the kind of the bog standard, hey, you bought something. So now we're going to serve you an ad for the thing that you just bought and it's going to follow you around the internet for the next week. Um, especially with, you know, what's, you know, all the changes that's happening in browsers with cookies and stuff. So that's really specific. I started getting a very specific wormhole there. But it just feels like the potential for creativity with technology is so limitless. And it's had such a myopic, narrow um outing 
so far, so narrow, that you know, a few people have done some really interesting stuff, but I'd just like to see it absolutely explode. Yeah, it certainly feels like the best is yet to come there. And it feels like last year people sort of started dipping their toe in in, in, in seeing what the potential was, but it hasn't really been fully, fully explored. Um, listen, I can't thank you enough for coming to spend time with us today, Alex, and of course, Stefan and Mateus, as ever, to hear your thoughts. Um, it, it was a very interesting conversation and I'm super grateful once again for you putting us on the list, Alex, and now helping us to get some insight into how we can achieve that accolade again. So not only very interesting, but hopefully quite useful. Um, so, so, so thank you very much. Yeah, well, I, just officially, let me say, because I didn't say at the start, congratulations. It is, I mean, as I said, it is not easy. We get sent like thousands of things, like probably a week um, from like, you know, thousands of agencies from everyone on the planet. So to get on that list is, I mean, to get featured by Contagious, kind of hard enough. To get on that list is rare, very, very rare. So very, very well done to you guys. Love seeing the work. Thank you. See you next year, Alex. Yeah, fingers crossed.